Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So, let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lorianne Rising. Our guest today is such a welcome voice when it comes to talking about raising kids who are thriving. So much so that it's the third time that she's been here joining us at Rise and Shine. And we're super excited to continue to learn from her and find out what's new. Yes, Deborah McNallis is an author, speaker, and the creator of Neuro Nurturing. As an early brain development specialist and founder of Brain Insights, LLC, she developed the Neuro Nurturing Interactive Packets and published Transitions and Balanced Stimulation Development Packets in collaboration with Redleaf Press. Deborah's work helps support childhood brain development as well as reducing the effects of trauma and stress on young brains. Throughout her career as a kindergarten teacher, program coordinator, community leader, project evaluator, ECE degree instructor, policy advocate, international speaker, and author, Deborah has been dedicated to helping children develop an invaluable knowing of their inherent worth. Wow. Welcome, Welcome back, back Deborah. Deborah. Oh, it's so wonderful to be back. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. It is oh, wonderful. It's awesome to have you here. And you have been joining us every few months since we started the show. And it's been a year now just since like, we started. I mean, just, yeah, just how cool is Kind of old, old familiar yeah. zone here. This is nice. <laughs> and, and, and we just got back uh, from a, a week away from all things technological. And so we're just kind of, you know, getting to settle back in with... Uh, with a nice familiar connection and, and so glad you were able to join us this morning. Yeah, definitely. Well, I love that. And brains all need that kind of a break, don't they? Boy, mine did. Yeah, mine certainly <laughs> did too. <laughs> we've, been, we've been on full tilt for quite a while here lately. Yeah, definitely. Well, and especially, you know, I, I just, I kind of want to start off with, with telling her about, um, about superpower. Yeah, we, we've watched this series um, the, the week before we left that was on, that was the most, I mean, you, you, th- there's moments, right? When you, you see something that just completely shifts your previous paradigm. There was one of those moments on there that I just. Only one. Uh, oh, at least one. The one, the one where the, the, the girls, the teenage girls mm-hmm. were reading uh, a children's book without using their eyes. Mm-hmm. They were actually they were showing the and the, the the blindfolds that they had on these and this the show like was all about consciousness. I mean the the show is called Superpower. The show I mean it's all about what is consciousness and how we don't have a definition for consciousness and they go well into all the depths and 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 details. And Bruce Lipton was one of the um, one of the speakers, one of the the interviewees. Um, it was set up kind of like a se- the, the secret, you know, when they filmed that. And so they had all these little segments. And but the, the one the one where these girls, these three, uh, nine, 10 year olds, girls, something like that. Yeah, they were sitting around a table with these massive blindfolds on and looking over the shoulder with the cameras looking over their shoulder as they were reading the words on the page 
word for word, every single word without using their eyes. Yeah. Just, just by, by getting them so deeply into the right creative brain and lifting their consciousness up high enough. And the whole show was just sort of playing with the possibilities of that. And, you know, so now, you know, of course, to have you on as a researcher and scientist and somebody who dives into brain development day in and day out. I mean, this, it just adds to that conversation. So, so, so I'm kind of curious if, that, if, if, if that's something that you've run across or seen or, 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 uh, or, or just to certainly, you know, put it out there as a, as a show to look up second or third episode. Yes, I, I did. I have watched that show and I, mm. I, I actually had forgotten about it. So I love that you brought that back to my awareness because I, I would like to rewatch it, but yes, that, that uh, portion of the show where they were, those children were reading without their eyes, without vision to do it was incredible. So mm. it, it, it puts an exclamation point on how, <laughs> what what we're capable of doesn't it yeah, absolutely oh, and how how would you being a brain specialist how would you reconcile the possibility of that or do you have is that something you how do you integrate you can, it yeah <laughs> Where does that fit into the, into the studies? Of, <laughs> that, that, is, that is beyond my, um, my full understanding. Uh, yeah. I, and now that you brought it up again, um, it is something that I would like to look into further and see if I can find more detailed uh, understanding about how that is actually mm. taking place. But, but yes, our, our consciousness and our our subconscious and all of that is so incredibly um, interesting. And, and there is continuous new information coming out all the time. And, and you, you mentioned um, Bruce Lipton and his work is so incredibly interesting about how uh, the way in which we perceive and focus our attention makes an incredible difference. And the way he, in his research, um, with, with stem cells and how the stem cells actually change based on what it is exposed to and what, ex what it's experiencing. And that's, that's the basis of all the work that I do is whatever we're experiencing is having an impact, impact on the way in which our brains wire, rewire, reorganize, strengthen those connections um, and, and develop strong pathways. So it, it's all about experience and the way we focus our attention. Mm -hmm. So when you say experience, are you talking about, you know, like going on an adventure for the day or just sitting and reading a book or like, are there certain kinds of experiences that you're referring to versus others or is it all of them? Everything we do mm -hmm. is an experience. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything we do is an experience. And so the brain is dependent. It's called experience dependent. It is dependent on experiences to create the wiring, the pathways in our brain. So every time we have an experience, it's, it's either creating or strengthening the connections between our 86 billion brain cells that we have. And in the 
earliest years, that's happening at a rate of about 1 million per second. Wow. Those connections are being made at a rate of 1 million per second based on the experiences that we're having in those earliest years. That's the description that Bruce Lipton's talking about when he says that the that the uh, the the mind of a sub of a uh, up to seven year old is on constant record mode, right. and you're just give, you're just give me a child until he's seven. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Right. Right. They used to say eight hundred a second, and I thought that was a lot. Now they say a million a second. Wow. So, but as we age. We're still, and that's that's called plasticity. That mm-hmm. that uh, that that ability to change and readjust those connections. But um, as we age, that it slows down, and we still have that plasticity. So we're always able to make those changes throughout our lives, um, and we are. We're making those changes continuously, and a lot has to do with whatever we're focused our attention on. And you asked me, Lori, about. Uh, experiences. So it's actually something we we would be experiencing physically outside of ourselves, but it's also our thoughts. Our thoughts are an experience as well, and that's ex- you know, impacting the way in which our our connections and our pathways are created and strengthened. And I guess I'm I'm wondering because you kind of answered my next questions, like the internal versus exterior experiences and our ability to imagine something happening and having that be really just as good in terms of practice as actually doing it. But the flip side of that also knowing, you know, some, you know, if there's a child who is not receiving touch or security and how that And if I'm understanding correctly, actually diminishes the ability for the brain to develop in certain ways. Is that accurate? Right. And and that gets a little complicated. So you you kind of have two two, two directions I want to go here based on what you were saying there. (laughs) One is that the brain doesn't know the difference between something that's real, what we would consider real or imagined. The brain doesn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. The, the more we put into something we're imagining, if we're imagining the, the feel and the senses, you know, the uh, sense and the, um, you know, the emotion that goes along with it, the brain does not know that's different than a, an experience that we're actually having. So we can rewire our brains with, with that process. Now, to get to your other point about an example of a baby that's not getting the touch and the responsiveness, that is an absence of experiences that a child needs. So their brain would t- totally develop differently than a baby that was, is having that, that touch and that responsiveness. And so you'd be looking at the experience is still being creative. I mean, you're still, but, but the, the result of what you're creating with that absence is way more detrimental. What I say is that the, it, it, the brain is experience dependent and it is going to, it, it, what it does is it adapts to whatever environment it is exposed to and what's happening most frequently. So 
it's going to adapt to what we would consider negative experiences just as easily as it's going to adapt to what we would consider positive experiences. So it's just experiences. So it's going to wire based on whatever those experiences are that are happening most frequently. Okay. But I would also say rather than that's happening most frequently, frequently, it's also which ones we're just focused on more frequently, right? Now, yeah. Well, because my question an infant though doesn't necessarily have the ability to focus. They are absorbing, so the the ability to focus and intention comes much later in life. So when we're talking about early brain development, though, I assume that that's less of a factor because it takes a whole different level of development to even mm-hmm. notice we're having a thought, sure. let alone begin well, to direct yeah. it versus yeah. just experiencing it. Well, of course. Sure. So, sure. So, but, yeah. but the idea though, that as soon as you are exactly. experiencing something like my, my uh, focus and direction here, of course, is around the, 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 how, how to build self-esteem, how to build confidence, how to, to increase our next generation's ability, you know, our kids, to be able to handle the challenges that we're setting them up for um, and what kinds of experiences, right. what kinds of thoughts, what kinds of focus that, that we can give them now to be in a better position to be able to have that kind of confident uh, relationship to the challenges. So, Which you mentioned right. your and master's yes, degree yes, is entirely we- in that subject in terms of you know, the, the self-perception and self-confidence. So what, what are some of the things you recommend? Yes, my, my master's thesis was on um, develop, the development of self-perception. And Mark was going, well, the c- combination of the points that both of you are making are so critical to this. The time of infancy is uh, an, a time that's having a real dramatic impact on self-perception and confidence. And I think a word that you were kind of going toward was resilience, maybe, Mark? Mm-hmm. Yes, thank um, you. And it begins in infancy by having, um, so a baby expresses a need and there is a, someone there to respond consistently in a nurturing, um, predictable way if that's happening consistently, that is wiring that the brain for all of those factors that you were talking about that you that you want. That baby begins to get the message that they're worthwhile, they're valued, they can communicate their needs and have their needs met. This is setting them up for that resiliency to be able to handle stresses later in life, because it's wiring the, the brain for that ability. So it's even in infancy, those kind, that repeated consistent responsiveness is contributing to the highest functioning area of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which allows us to um, plan and anticipate consequences and regulate behaviors and um, so much of what we want for, for success in life and, mm-hmm. and to be able to then value ourselves. Um, so it's happening in those early, early months. So to your point, Lori, where you were saying, 
you know, if a baby isn't touched and isn't responded to it, that brain is going to wire completely differently. And that baby is going to continuously have a need to, to try to get someone to care about them. And they're not going to have that same viewpoint of themselves as worthwhile and valued. Mm. And, and isn't it kind of the, the, the situation though, that even later on, if we find ourselves, if we actually get into a situation where we are actually having all of those needs met and we actually don't still feel, or we're not, we're not in that exact, you know, situation of lack, we're still going to have the brain that grew up with that lack. Right. And so we're still on some levels yeah. going to be programmed and fed and, and, and encouraged by the sensation of lack, even though it doesn't still exist. Right. I mean, am I, am I off base there? Yeah, is it, it right. doesn't, it, it doesn't yeah, automatically it, heal that, itself. Yeah. So it's, it's just that much more critical to me. Right. That, no, it does that, not. Those early ages, those early age years are just, we, there's no putting enough importance on the criticalness of making sure that those early years are, are absolutely providing what the brain development needs to, to be able to handle the rest of their life. Because otherwise you're going to end up so much (laughs) of our society today. You just expressed why I do what I do. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly why I do what I do. Because if we create these, you know, these, what I say all the time, if we create these brains as, as positively as possible in the first place, we don't have to make those changes, changes later. It's always, the good news is it's always possible to make those changes later. Yep. Like I said, there's plasticity throughout our lives. We can make those changes. Right. The thing is, it takes a lot more time, a lot more consistency, a lot more repetition, and sometimes a lot more money, you know, yeah. to make those changes later. But if we just do it as well as as positively as possible in the first place, we don't have to make those changes. And so that's exactly why I do the work that I do, because Mm -hmm. it makes so much sense. There's even economists that show Mm -hmm. how cost beneficial it is Mm -hmm. to do this all in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it doesn't just magically go away, we have to put a lot of effort into to to making those changes. And on to your point, um, I'm so excited. I don't know, being away, you may not have seen my latest newsletter. but I was uh, talking about how excited I am that uh, Dr. Bruce Perry has um, collaborated with Oprah to put out a new book. It just came out last Tuesday called What Happened to You? And uh, it's just phenomenal. The reason I'm so excited, and I explained in my newsletter that, that when I started this work, when I started learning about um, and sharing early brain development, it was in a, a train the trainer program that was for an, an advocacy agency that we collaborated with Dr. Bruce Perry to develop this um, train the trainer program back years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's the basis. His work is the basis of the the work that I share. And so that's why I'm so 
enthused about his this new book coming out and then in collaboration with Oprah make oh you know to hopefully make that combination get the kind of attention that it really needs the question you were asking about doing this as early as possible those kind of questions are answered in this book so oh I think my goodness you will, okay you'll be able to, to read ah. it Yay. Oh, Thank you. Very Thank cool. you. Absolutely. You gotta pick See, that one up. And it's, it's, it's the, this is the portal. These are, these are the tools that I want to put into a one-stop shop. I just want to, I just want to use this, to, this moment to underline number one, what all that we have uh, talked about, about your previous work, um, the, the stages of the, that we went into are in our last uh, episode, we were talking about the, the requirements being the physical, the security, the nurturing and the play that we went into those details on that show that, that are the, the, the elements you deal with in your neuro nurturing packets and the things that we spoke about some of your products. I'm, I'm just so stoked about having one place uh, where our listener can, can go and find all of these tools. We've had a, another guest that you recommended on the show, uh, the author of Thrive, the book that, uh, what's her name? Michelle. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, these kinds of tools, I'm really looking forward to including into one location along with Sunbeam and, and have all of this stuff available. So I, I just want to invite our listeners, if, if, this, if, if putting something like that together would be of interest to you. Please let us know in your in your review. We're going to just take a, a quick short break, but uh, this week, if you could let us know that that putting together a a hub like that of this new book that we're talking about with with Deborah today, and and some of these other tools, if that would be of interest, let me know at, at just send me a quick email. Share the love at rise and shine as one dot com. And, uh, and I'll put some extra effort in, into to putting all these things together into one place. And, uh, and we can look forward to, to whatever else, maybe collaborate on, uh, on figuring out how to, how to best get to this, this early development thing and, uh, yeah, and be prepared. And we do have to take a break. And we are so- taking a break, right. Okay. Stay tuned, though, because right after the break, <laughs> we get to hear a beautiful ballad written and performed by my co-host here about the one thing the world can never take away and truly needs called Only Love. And real quick, before we go to that break, I want to give a big shout out to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this week's episode and sharing with us a new book by Eric Desenhall. A seasoned reporter who goes by Fuse is old school in every way, anti-technology, anti-millennial, and anti-gotcha journalism. When an old friend approaches him for advice after the man's daughter says she was sexually assaulted by her boss, a prominent media star, Fuse agrees to help. He gives his buddy the only option he feels are available— report the incident and risk a he-said-she-said smear campaign against the girl— or bring the popular media mogul down in the court of public opinion using the tricks of character assassination. Author David O. Stewart said, quote, Desenhall combines a wickedly funny take on the demise of journalism and the fragility of reputation in the internet era. 
and author Mary Kay Zurovlev called it, quote, the big chill of the Me Too era. False Light is now available in hardcover wherever you get your books. I am really looking forward to that one and hope you check it out as well. And again, stay tuned for Mark's song as well as more from Deborah right after this. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life. Live your purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurianrising.com.
this world may say No matter where we go No one else can take away The truth we both know You're listening to Rise and Shine, and that was Only Love by our very own Mark Olmsted. You can find it as a single or download the entire One Piece at a Time album at his website at markolmsted.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-L-M-S-T-E-A-D.com. And we are here with Deborah McNellis, early brain development specialist. And we were just talking about the new book you recommended. <laughs> Such an uh, interesting uh, relationship with Oprah. Uh, and we, we understand that you recently created a new e-guide for parents as well. So what's, what's a little bit more about the, your, your latest project? Oh, thanks for asking because I'm quite excited about it. And, uh, and I have to say, I'm thrilled with the response to it as well. So my, my realization was, you, you mentioned my uh, neural nurturing interaction packets that I've sold for years. And, um, you know, of course, I do presentations and podcasts and interviews. And I thought, you know what, I want to put this all together as a, uh, a way that people can easily access all of this information. So in these times of of COVID, I thought, I have the time. Now I'm not presenting in person. I'm going to put this all into a digital guide. So I call it the Quick Start Guide, Brain Basics, Neural Nurturing, the Brilliance Within Children. Mm. And so, as I said, it's it's an e-guide. It's downloadable, and it touches on those four areas that you were talking about, Mark, that um, of my neural nurturing model that we need to meet the physical and security needs of a child and provide nurturing and play. And if we're providing all of that, we're, we're and all the elements that go into each of those, we're doing what, what children need 
in the way that you were expressing it. We need to provide those in the early years. And this is, is provided that understanding with tips and, and the brain basics for understanding why it's needed, how it's happening. And, um, and, and then it provides also, it has some, some, um, some guides for the adults as you're going through it to gather the insights that you, you get from it and to, with that focused attention we were talking about before, it, it, it suggests that through the guide that you start focusing your attention on all the positives that you are doing throughout the day. And so mm-hmm. you can be reinforcing yourself at, with these, this understanding that you gain in the guide. Well, support for your uh, your shining moment uh, journals, in other words, as it sounds like. <laughs> Very good. Well, in all kinds of different things. I mean, to me, it sounds like a a parenting guide that I wish I'd had mm-hmm. about 20 years ago, because there's not just the understanding of how <laughs> it works and what's going on, but I know you provide also, especially in your packets, a lot of actual examples and tools and things to do and how simple and easy it can be. But sometimes we so discount those little things because, well, they're just little things. It doesn't matter right now. It's no big deal. But your work points out just how vital that five minutes of playing and touching your child and in a really loving, wonderful way can matter. Or how, how much that 10 minutes of a bedtime story can so make a difference and, and help a child. And it's, it's simple and easy. And I love the work that you're doing. I really, really love it. Absolutely. And it's, it's so sometimes, you know, you see uh, families, so see families and kids and you wonder what's the difference. Why are, why do they look so happy as a family? Why do they look so, you know, why are they, you know, uh, you wonder what the difference is about how we were raised, at least if you're in my situation. <laughs> what did I miss that, that I, you know, our family isn't as close as them, you know, for instance, and those kinds of things I've, I've had thoughts about. And, and, but you, it ties back. It, it ties back to those early years yeah. of, of those little things that we now know about how our brains work and how our our development actually happens that we didn't know that parents have never known before up, up until now and so you've, exactly. you're you're putting together exactly these tools that are incorporating the knowledge that we've gained over the last 10 or 15 years even or or two or three even sometimes um and it's it's just so exciting that that we're we're at this cusp, and I'm just I'm I'm excited about the possibilities of where we can go from here when everybody gets on board and aware of 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 these tools that that, that right. we're making available. To your point, Laurie, that uh, you wished you had this when your your children were young. That's the most common comment I get is I wish I would have had this when my kids were young. So we are providing that now so that parents don't have to have that regret. And to your point, Mark, about why do some families look like they're happy and enjoying, it's just the understanding. And and it is simple. It is easy once you have the understanding and and you can create those those special moments. Um, Mm -hmm. so, So thank you for all those. Uh, comments mm-hmm. you you contributed here. 
Absolutely. And I know this last year in particular has, I mean, it's been challenging for everyone at every level and, you know, everybody going online and parents having more than ever to handle at home with kids and, and just life in general. And I know one of the things that, I mean, we were all talking about before was the idea of, you know, are kids getting too busy or are they online too much? And now the world shifted. And, you know, so can you speak a bit more to maybe how some of this has impacted brain development and what parents might be able to do here forward? Because I know there's that stress and trauma can make a big difference. It sure does. And so just, again, having understanding can make the difference. You understand um, how we need to, to do all we can to keep a brain balanced so that it's not overstimulated or understimulated. Either, we don't want either one, right? Um, it, it, people don't even realize a lot of the time that understimulation um, is a dysregulation also, just as much as being overstimulated. So the brain doesn't doesn't like either one. <laughs> so we want it. We want to do all we can to keep keep that balance. And so yes, your point is um, this was a trying year um, that uh, that made it be challenging to keep that that balance stimulation. So in some cases it was. To, you know, even more screen time. Um, if kids were in school and having to, to do everything online, they're having more screen time and less time for movement and time outdoors, and which is so incredibly important for, for the brain. And, um, you know, downtime to process and think and um, daydream and, and those kinds of things, because a lot of times people think that that's, you know, understimulation when you're just daydreaming. Well, actually, the brain is really, really active during um, daydreaming. So, we, you know, we've talked about imagination and creativity and all of those things. We need to make sure that kids are getting all of that and, and that adults are doing it as well, because now adults are in the situation of, Many, many adults are working at home on screens, and now that's taking away from the attention that they can give to their, their children or, or, again, balancing um, all that has to be done in the home and time with the kids. And we just need to create that, that incredible balance and building in you know, movement and time outdoors and nature and, and um, adequate amounts of sleep and nutrition and <laughs> all of about, that to keep our brains regulated. How about dancing? How about like, you know, cause obviously moving, oh. moving is, is so critical. And in my world, I have really noticed that how music is so critical and wasn't there the whole, the whole focus <clears throat> years ago on, um, Oh, it was, you know, hooked on phonics was a big thing, you know, and the and the rhyming yeah. of of messages to be able to program memory and those kinds of things has there been any evolution in the hooked on phonics you know research that you're aware of Deborah I just really wanted to ask this earlier on and I forgot about it until now 
Yeah. You know, I haven't followed that specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there was a real push um, for And that's one of my one, uh, an issue that I have one of my soapboxes is let's not be pushing academics as early as possible. Um, Children need lots of lots and lots and lots of play to develop their brain optimally. And, and a lot of times adults do not realize how much of an impact and value, incredible value play has and what is actually needed for healthy development, for well-being and how much it's contributing. Pushing academics is, is not what, what young children need. So right. we don't need the get your baby to read programs. They right. don't need to be, what, why do we need a baby to read? Finland, for example, doesn't um, start academic learning until the age of seven, and they have incredible outcomes. Um, they, they understand and use the, the brain research to, to provide what the children need at the younger ages so that then when they get to learning academics, re- their brain is ready for it. So, so I, uh, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So on that thought uh, about pushing academics, this is what um, COVID has done is created a line of thinking. Some people are, are thinking that there has been a learning loss and that there's this need for children to catch up. And uh, what I have to say about that is this learning loss or the need to catch up is only based on some arbitrary um, point that that people have determined that's where a child needs to be. And so the example that I use is that, you know, so if a child is expected that they learn fractions by the time they're eight, well, how about due to COVID, maybe they don't learn fractions until they're nine. (laughs) Let's let them, um, let's them let them fully recover from the effects of COVID and the anxieties that they might have experienced. Um, and the social emotional parts of it, you know, the social emotional dealings with whatever was going on in their families or the, the loss of time, as far as learning loss, time with uh, uh, to have socialize with friends. Those are, those are need to be valued as well. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you bring up a couple of different examples. You know, Finland clearly does it differently and is a healthier society. And their children, by the time they're adults, are clearly not lacking in education or knowledge. And yet the fundamental development is so different. And I'm wondering, you know, at least in my mind, there is this cultural demand in the United States, at least, for productivity, always be productive, always be, you know, doing something that others can see you doing, you know, the idea of staring at a wall and daydreaming was something I got in trouble a lot for when I was a kid. But you're saying that it's absolutely vital and needed. And how stark of a contrast that is to this industrial era definition of what it means to be a quote unquote productive adult. And it sounds to me like at a fundamental way, you're challenging that paradigm by saying, look, 
play is productive. You know, let a child be, let them grow. They are being productive by being a child. And what an incredible value that is. That's right. My my question there is 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 that it is it directed play as you're as you're answering is it a directed play sometime are you interacting do you monitor are there parameters about what we play how far we go you 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 two bring up the best questions and topics I just love it Um, there's two two things I want to say based on your question there Mark is. Um, self-directed play is shown to be really incredibly valuable so that a child is following their interests, following, using the skills that they need to develop. Um, so, and their, their own curiosity, there's a lot of, of, like I said, a lot of value in self-directed play, but you want to also provide those those opportunities. So like with my interaction packets, I'm providing, I give suggestions for potential things to do, but the child, let the child go follow that lead and that, that interest of um, where it takes them. So, so there's a, a lot of value in that. And another point of about how directed it, it might be that you are making is this is a something that I often talk about how when I was growing up whether it was this way for you I don't know but when I was growing up um, the experience was that all the neighborhood kids would just go out you know you get ready for the day and you just gather and you'd you'd find something to do and then you decide that you're going to play a game and so now you have you have both genders and you have different ages. It's just the kids in the neighborhood. And, you know, we just, we gathered and we decided we wanted to play something. Well, you had to work through a lot of decision-making to, okay, what game are we going to play? So now we get to the point where we've decided on the game. Now, how are we going to choose teams? And you go through a process of figuring all of that out. And then, you start playing the game and then you realize, oh, you know what? Maybe we need to make a different rule for the, the four-year-olds that's different than the, the rules for the eight-year-olds. And so you problem solve and work through that. And so all of that is contributing to that highest functioning area of the brain again, that prefrontal mm-hmm. cortex, that problem solving, that anticipation of consequences, you know, that socialization, that critical thinking, all of that is going on. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times now, um, what happens frequently is, okay, the the six-year-old boys are on this baseball team, and the six-year-old girls are on this baseball team, and the coach is going to tell you, this is how we play, this is the rules, this is what, and they've lost all that opportunity for the development of all of that. So all of that is happening through play. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you have such amazing ideas and insights and I'm sure ways that could sculpt and redirect so many 
institutions and families and and all kinds of things across <laughs> our nation. We could talk for hours. We so. definitely could. But I'm really curious, you know, <laughs> what what are some of the services you're really offering right now? Well, in addition to my speaking and my materials that I sell, um, I'm just establishing something new where I will consult with any organization, schools, um, communities, and companies to provide ideas for how they can benefit from this understanding directly and how they can benefit from um, sharing this. So all they have to do is contact me and we will brainstorm, with the pun intended, um, brainstorm on ways that they can benefit and contribute to impacting better lives for children, families, employees, um, students, everyone. We, as I say all the time, we all benefit when all children have well-developed brains. So when we all come together in this way, we can make that difference. So I call it creating great connections. So we're creating great connections within communities and companies and organizations and schools to create great connections within the children. I love that mm -hmm. so much, man. How beautiful. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Absolutely. So we, we are getting, Oh, I just love it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting close to the end of our time. So how would people find you, whether they're a parent looking for the e-guide or the neuro nurturing cards or an institution, a teacher, or somebody who would love to consult with you and talk with you more your, about how to integrate these things. Your newsletters, the other thing. I do have uh, the newsletter. You can sign up for that as well on my website. So my website is braininsightsonline.com. So you can, can reach me there. You can get my uh, my newsletter. You can get my uh, social networking connections. You can get my email, um, my phone number. All of that is, is available there. And I have something new on the website called Instant Insights. So if you just have an instant and you want a tidbit of information, that's on the Instant Insights page. And if you want to just sip your coffee and linger a little longer, you can get a one-minute insight or sip even longer, and there's an in-depth insight. So it's all there, with, and it changes weekly. So you get new insights every week. Oh, that's cool. Fantastic. And I love that it's different lengths because different parents and others, you know, mm -hmm. one morning I might get lucky and the kids are sleeping in and I have 10 minutes and another morning, not Forget so much. It. So I love that you set it up that way. That's and you've brilliant. got all week to catch it. <laughs> right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Deborah. Right. It you, always Deborah. feels like we run out of time with you way too fast. So we'll <sighs> just keep having you back with us. Yep. Another time. Absolutely. So. I always enjoy it so very much. Now it's time for our wow moment with Lorianne when she offers words of wisdom, sharing her intuitive and spiritual mentorship with us by responding to listener comments and questions. We often have these things in our heads, an idea, a question. They often start with, should I? Or what if I did? Or what would other people think? These kinds of questions we often feel afraid to ask out loud, but when we do, it can be such a relief. 
And when we share that experience with others, it benefits others too. But we got to have a way to get it out, right? So I'm creating that on my website. It's going to be called Questions You're Afraid to Ask Out Loud. And I'll be responding to those questions in my blog and sharing those posts in social media so you can watch for your answer. So submit your question 100% completely anonymous and share yours. If you want a more direct response, there will be that opportunity as well. And again, you can still remain anonymous. So check it out on my website. And until next time, my friends, keep rising. Thank you, Lorianne, for sharing your wow with us. If you have a question, comment, or concern you'd like to hear addressed on a future wow moment, or you'd like to learn more about Lorianne's mentorship program, visit her website at lorianrising.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-E. R-I-S-I-N-G dot com. Thank you. And to our listeners, remember that Mark and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges old paradigms to open hearts and minds, please reach out. We want to support you by helping you be seen and heard by a worldwide audience. Just visit us at riseandshineasone.com to apply to be a guest. And before you go, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your favorite platform. And remember, until next time. Wherever you are. There's always time. For remembering to rise and shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love, sound of the love.